This is the Wikipedia page for Never Learn Not to Love. Welcome to Wikilisten, the podcast where we read Wikipedia pages and provide commentary. I'm Victor Vernado, KSN. And I'm Rachel Teichman, LMSW. Never Learn Not to Love is a song that's also known as Cease to Exist. It's a crazy story. It includes Charles Manson and the Beach Boys. I do love a good murder. Never Learn Not to Love. Cease to Exist redirects here for other uses. See Cease to Exist Disambiguation. Never Learn Not to Love is a song recorded by the American rock band The Beach Boys that was issued as the B-side to their Bluebirds Over the Mountain single on December 2nd, 1968. Credited to Dennis Wilson, the song was an altered version of Cease to Exist, written by the cult leader Charles Manson. Manson wrote his version of the song specifically for the Beach Boys to record, and his lyrics were meant to address personal tensions he had witnessed between Dennis and his brothers Brian and Carl. He wrote this for the Beach Boys, and then the Beach Boys actually did it? He wrote it for the Beach Boys, then the Beach Boys did it. Not only that, they stole it. What the f***? Manson did not participate in the recording of Never Learn Not to Love held at the Beach Boys private studio in September 1968. He originally demoed his song to be played on acoustic guitar, but the band changed some of the music by expanding the arrangement and structure. In addition, the lyrics were altered, much to Manson's indignation. By Dennis's account, Manson voluntarily exchanged his official writing credit for a sum of cash and a motorcycle. Conversely, Engineer Stephen Desper said that the band omitted Manson's credit as retribution for his thievery. Manson did not mind the changes to the music, but was incensed by the reworked lyrics, which created a rift between him and Dennis. I want to hear Manson's original demo. I've never In- even heard his voice. And you've never even heard the Never to Learn Not to Love song either, right? I feel like I must have. Sure. In February 1969, an extended edit of Never to Learn Not to Love was included on the Beach Boys album 2020. The band also performed the song during an April 1969 appearance on the Mike Douglas show. Any of this sound familiar to you? Were you there? No, were you? Nope, I was not born yet. In August, members of Manson's cult, the Manson family, committed several murders and were apprehended shortly thereafter. A 1968 recording of Manson's original version of Cease to Exist appeared on his debut album, Lie, the Love and Terror Cult, released in March 1970. This is cursed. This is a cursed <laughs> article. And the article is cursed? Why? Just everything about this whole story is, I can't accept it as reality. It is 100% reality. Background. In late spring 1968, Dennis Wilson struck a friendship with cult leader Charles Manson. What? At the same time, Manson was an ex-convict seeking a career as a singer-songwriter, and Wilson, convinced of his talents, was interested in signing him as an artist on the band's Brother Records label. Consequence of Sound's Dan Caffrey commented that it's understandable to see why Wilson felt a musical kinship with Manson. 
and while using Wilson's recent Little Bird and Be Still as examples, explained that Manson and Wilson shared a similar unprofessional approach and interest in fraying the edges of traditional forms. Manson sounds very promising at this point. Manson discussed and presented Wilson some of his self-pinned material, and in exchange, Wilson paid for studio time to record songs performed by Manson. Citation needed. That summer, Manson booked a session at Brian Wilson's home studio for several tracks that were co-produced by Brian and Carl Wilson. Much of the recordings were not demos, but rather polished studio productions of songs that possibly included cease to exist. These recordings remain unheard to the public. Music historian Andrew Doe stated that the tapes exist, but that they have not a hope in hell of being released. <laughs> he's standing against, he's like, I will not let evil out into the world. There's things that I want to say right now, but I don't want released out into the world either. I want to say one thing that I feel that Andrew Doe has said many times when people are trying to come get these recordings. You shall not pass. Has anyone ever told you that you would be a good Dungeons and Dragons leader? Dungeon master? Yeah. Oh, just checking. Composition and authorship. According to Madsen, he penned Cease to Exist specifically for the Beach Boys to record. The Beach Boys were fighting amongst themselves, so I wrote that song to bring them together. Submission is a gift. Give it to your brother. Dennis has true soul, but his brothers couldn't accept it. Manson family member Squeaky Fromm said of the song, Charlie made up a song for Dennis, and he wrote down the words. Part of it was from a man to a woman, and part from a man to his brothers. Fromm added, Dennis would later talk the Beach Boys into recording the song, but someone would talk him into changing the rhythm and words, and failing to even mention Charlie. Mike Love claimed that he was not aware of the song's author at the time, and assumed that Dennis had written it. Manson was not given a label credit for the song. In exchange for the publishing rights to cease to exist, he received a sum of cash and a BSA motorcycle, which he later gave to family member Paul Watkins. In 1971, when asked why he did not credit Manson, Wilson answered, He didn't want that. He wanted money instead. I gave him about $100,000 worth of stuff. Conversely, band engineer Stephen Desper stated that the decision to leave Manson uncredited was retribution for the, for, quote, the stuff of value that Manson ripped off from Dennis. Desper continued, if Manson had been a decent person, the Beach Boy organization would have given him credit and treasure, as they did with other writers. But Manson was a thief and did not play by civil rules. By those rules, he was compensated as far as they were concerned. The band reworked the song's bluesy structure, adding vocal harmonies and another bridge. According to Desper, Manson only had a song with basic chords on the guitar and a melody lead line. It was the boys who took that basic concept and turned it into a real commercial tune. Dennis took Manson's original concept and made something of it, something Manson could never have done. Al Jardine recalled of Dennis and Manson, 
it was just irritating because they were always around and it was Charlie this, Charlie that. And then he had this little thing that he and Charlie worked out. It was just a melody, a melody in Never Learn Not to Love. Not the melody, but there was a mantra behind that. Then Dennis wanted to put it in everything. I, though, should be thought, oh boy, this is getting to be too much. Conversely, Desper credited all the added vocal arrangement throughout the entire song to Brian and Carl Wilson. Additionally, the lyrics were partially altered. The opening lyric ceased to exist, modified to cease to resist. And the title of the song was changed to Never Learn Not to Love, much to Manson's indignation. You never, I would never want to hear that phrase aimed at me. Manson's pretty pissed off at you. (laughs) Manson threatened Wilson with murder for changing the lyrics. Of course he did. Oh my God. (laughs) Greg Jacobson remembered, Charlie always said he just asked one thing. He said to me, I don't care what you do with the music. Just don't let anybody change any of the lyrics. That was one of his big beefs with Dennis. Dennis had taken some of his songs and changed the lyrics around, which really infuriated him. After realizing Manson's growing erratic behavior, Wilson ended his friendship with him soon after. You know, John Stamos has always been friends with the Beach Boys and has been their drummer a number of times. So I wonder if John Stamos was ever, like, chill with Manson. Who knows? Manson was, a was like, a person that people used to like to hang out with until they were like, oh. <laughs> John Stamos, if you're listening to this, let us know. Yeah, John Stamos. We love you, John Stamos. I'm Recording. not loved into that. I, I like you. <laughs> love is reserved i like you i'm not homophobic so john stamos i love you i'm also not homophobic i like you (laughs) recording the beach boys recorded never learn not to love at their private studio on september 11th and 16th through 18th 1968 in december 1968 wilson recorded cymbal sounds titled the gong that were later reversed and added to the beginning of the 2020 version of Never Learn Not to Love. Other parts of the session were dedicated to a spoken word monologue that went unreleased until the 2018 compilation, I Can Hear Music, the 2020 sessions. Desper said that Manson was only in the studio one evening by himself and his silent girls. He never conferred or worked in any way with the group. Release and Reception Never Learn Not to Love was released as the B-side to Bluebirds Over the Mountain on December 2nd, 1968. The A-side reached number 61 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number 33 on the UK Singles Chart. In February 1969, the song was released as a track on 2020 in his review of the album. Arthur Schmidt of Rolling Stone wrote that Never Learn Not to Love is a fine vocal thing, though the material itself is an uncertain mixture of pop and soul influence. On April 1st, the group performed the song during their appearance on The Mike Douglas Show. The episode was broadcast on April 9th. In his retrospective assessment of the song, Richie Unterberger commented, Never Learn Not to Love is far more notorious for its relation to Manson, not the music itself, which he describes as average. Oof. 
Colin Larkin in the Encyclopedia of Popular Music wrote the track had the ironic distinction of putting Charles Manson in the charts. Journalist Nathan Jolly called the song softer but still eerie, also noting how fans of the Beach Boys who listened to the song over the years had no idea of the inherent evil of its actual composer. All right, here's where we get into it. Manson version. During Manson's trial for the murders of seven people, his debut album, Lie, the Love and Terror Cult, was released in March 1970. During his trial? Wow. That is bold. (laughs) Record company. Consisting of 13 tracks recorded between 1967 and 1968, it included Manson's original arrangement of Cease to Exist. In an all-music review of Manson's album, his rendition of Cease to Exist was regarded by Theodore Grenier as one of Manson's signature performances and has justifiably invited comparison with Jim Croce and Jose Feliciano. Critic Michael Little considers Manson's version superior to the Beach Boys. Having praise especially for Manson's vocals, you expect a tattered, raw, and raggedy voice with a touch of lunatic rage but what you get is a smooth-voiced folk singer. He also wrote that Manson's raw, stripped-down take gives the song an impressive lo-fi immediacy that is a million miles away from the Beach Boys' treatment. Wow, that guy really likes Manson. Guy's really on Manson. Loves him. Just loves him. Well, cease to exist, everybody. Uh, Wiki listeners... Please, if you are a musician, don't be a serial killer as well. That's my two cents. I I have so many thoughts regarding this article. It's hard to say, but I guess like if I had to surmise, here was Charles Manson being a terrible person and then the Beach Boys just embracing him. That's kind of weird. The 60s were well, a weird time. See, but they didn't know Charles Manson was terrible before he was terrible just like we didn't know bill cosby was terrible before he was terrible like if you, if you met bill cosby before it was thanks known for that he listening was terrible. to wiki listen <laughs> you can find us at wikilisten.com and on all social media at wiki listen except for twitter which is at wiki underscore listen this has been the wikipedia page for never learn not to love If there's a particular Wikipedia page you'd like us to read, please let us know. 